couple things you know about me. I love french fries. I brought some. And if you're not getting your french fries at McDonald's, what are you doing? <laughs> Another thing you might know about me is um, I love sitting across the table from people with french fries and talking about life and talking about God. And through this series, it's just been pressed upon my heart. It's time for us to have a little conversation. And there's nowhere better to do it than over a tray full of french fries at McDonald's. So you and me, we're at McDonald's. And you can cry at McDonald's. It's happened a lot. And you can get saved at McDonald's. You can laugh at McDonald's and you can be honest at McDonald's. I have been and I've had more talks with McDonald's than maybe anywhere in all of my ministry. And I'm thankful for McDonald's. <laughs> and I'm thankful for French fries. I would give you one, but they're kind of cold. Doesn't stop me, okay? I'm gonna handle this message a little different tonight. Because the no more November that the Lord has pressed on my heart is you decide. What's the thing? What's the topic in you, in your life, that it's time to say no more? No us. Stop. You know the thing in your life that you've been nudged to consider stopping, to consider laying down. The thing you feel convicted over, again, not condemned, convicted, there's a difference. Conviction coming from the Lord, condemnation coming from the enemy. The thing that you've known for a long time, but now it's time. You fill in the blank. Do you tend to have fits of rage? It's time. Do you have an issue with substance abuse? It's time. You have an unhealthy need for others' approval? It's time. There's a plethora of things that we're gonna talk about tonight. But I have a couple of conversations I wanna have with you. I'm gonna treat it like I'm with you and like I've been with you before. And like I heard you last time. And I'm gonna address a few topics that maybe we've talked about, maybe we haven't, but like we have. And I believe that the Lord has led me in these topics, and I believe that the Lord has given me some things to share with you. And so I'm going to jump in. How's your relationship with God? Fine. What does that mean to you? Fine. So what I'm hearing you say is that since you make good decisions, and because you're a good person, that you don't really need a relationship with Jesus. You don't really need to take the step of salvation or to go deeper with God because you're a good person. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Hmm. I'm reminded as you speak in the New Testament of a man named Nicodemus. He was a good man. He was a really good man. Matter of fact, he was a powerful Pharisee. Pharisees don't come with a very favorable name, but Nicodemus was a, was a powerful Pharisee. And what was cool about Nicodemus 
is in that time, the Pharisees were lawmakers and law abiders, and he was one of the best. But they were also very judgy and very condemning. And they were holding, holding rulers up to everybody's behaviors. And he didn't like that. Nicodemus was a good guy. And he had heard about Jesus. And he wanted to know more. He wanted to know if Jesus was legit. And so he went to see him. And if you'll read in John 3, you'll see that he went at night. And so he's now been given this nickname, Nick at Night. <laughs> I won't say that. But Nicodemus went to visit Jesus at night so that he would be seen. Because he was a good guy. But he was also a very powerful Pharisee. And he wasn't really supposed to be kind of doing that. Because most of the Pharisees, they didn't like Jesus. He was still in their thunder with love. But Nicodemus wanted to know, and so he went to see Jesus. And Jesus had a good talk with him. Jesus knew that Nicodemus was a good guy. But listen to what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Unless you were born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Being a good person isn't enough. We need God. You know the very well-known passage, John 3, 16, you know it? You know it? You know it? Say it. Tell me. Good job. That's right. That's exactly right. You know that passage? That came. It's described in Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a good guy. But Jesus made it clear, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And he goes on to talk about the need for a savior. And he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, I, I, I think you're a good person too. You're like one of the best people. If there were people in words, you would get it. Matter of fact, here. That's gold. That is liquid. That's gold right there, okay? You deserve the people award. But it's not enough. And you know, I'm married to a fine man. None better. Actually, he gets the people award. But he realized it's not enough. I need God. I would encourage you to go read John 3. The account of Nicodemus, a really good guy, and Jesus. Spend some time in John 3, and let's talk about it next week. Call me if you need to. Text me anytime. But you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. So how are you doing with that substance issue we talked about last week?
So now it's, so I just wanna make sure I'm hearing you clear. Now it's no big deal because you realize that it helps you. That's what you do. Let me, let me tell you something about that substance. It's lying to you. It's giving you a false sense of security and it's giving you a false sense of freedom. Substance is lying to you. Take it from me. I've been there. Alcohol was my vice. It was a big fat liar in my life. It gave me a weak reliance. I think I'm so strong when I'm drunk. I'm the star of the party, look at me. I'm so free. Lie, lie on lie on lie. And I believed it for so long. And I realized one day that what I was really looking for was peace. I was really looking for security. I was really looking for freedom and I was really looking for confidence. And I had a lot of noise telling me that I needed that to have those things. Shaking your head, you feel me. But it simply created this unhealthy loop in my body to need it more. dare to say to you that you don't need substance to make it through. You see, when I'm told in Romans 8 that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, that tells me that I don't need substance to make it through. Because there's a power at work within me that is greater than alcohol. That is greater than weed. That is greater than that drug. Resurrection power, weed doesn't touch it. Resurrection power, alcohol doesn't touch it. Resurrection power, fentanyl, nowhere close. But I know that there's an enemy of your soul that is lying to you through this substance that you can't make it through without it, but you can. The power you need is not out here. The power you need rises up in here. We'll talk more about that in a little second. But in order to have true security and true, true, true power and true freedom and true confidence, which I like to call, and you've heard it a thousand times, what is it called? Godfidence. That doesn't start in your substance, my friend. You'll never have Godfidence in your substance. I'll come back to that in a second. So that one time we were talking, 
and you were talking about how you had an unhealthy need for other people's approval. We talked about some things that maybe you could do, you know, get to the root of it. Why is it there? That unhealthy need for approval. What's the root of it? Is there a childhood issue? Is there a major rejection issue? Why is it there? Talk about that. How's it going? heard that out of the 100% of the people in your life, like 25% of them will love you. Love you no matter what. Forever. 25% of people in your life out of the 100% will love you but could be convinced not to. 25% of people in your life don't really like you, but can be convinced to like you. And there's probably a 25% they just don't fit. And they just don't like you. And so I started doing the math. I'm like, okay, so at any given time, if 100% of the people, we break them into 25% quadrants, at any given time, 75% of the people in my life could love me or really not. That's eye-opening for me, because I realize like, if I'm just out there trying to get 100% approval, it's just not gonna happen from people. And I am on a dead end road. You're all 
greatly approved of. His name is Jesus. Already has a name. As a matter of fact, you could actually never do it good enough. If that was the way that we had to earn it, you never could. Because he's that good. You want to talk about out of our league. And so God made a way. We had to just simply believe and receive the french fry. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to receive, receive every french fry you give me. I'm going to do it. That was so cold. <laughs> because I love french fries. Listen to me. He is giving you life. He's already accepted you. He wants you. He's chosen you already. Say it. Already. His name is Jesus. All you're going to do is receive it. Believe that this is a rich ride and receive it. Believe that he is Lord and receive him. He already wants you. He's already chosen you. I'm going to be praying for you to place your approval on him. And when you're tempted to perform, that God will take out his handy-dandy remote control and change the channels of your mind to turn your attention towards him and this word already. Do some more homework. Discover the root of this unhealthy need all the way through. Keep changing the channels of your mind that you need her approval and his approval and their approval. And know that you're approved of, you're wanted, you're chosen already. Write the word already on your arm if you have to and leave it there for a couple days to be reminded. Write on a post-it note, put it on your mirror. Do what you gotta do already. So, yeah, how are things with you and your parents? Tough? How so? Oh, so there's some toxic generational patterns there. And they feel like chains? That's tough. That's hard. Because we tend to follow the leader, don't we? Yeah. Let me say this. Those patterns in them, do not define you. And those patterns in them, see them in you. And when they try to attach themselves to you, you shake it off. Can you promise me this? That you'll do everything you can not to share their chains. 
you know you have the choice. Don't share their chains. Don't believe you deserve them or you just are the next one in line. You might share DNA and you share some memories and you share a lot of things. But do not share their chains. We tend to follow the leader. And by senses that you need a new leader. Not that you need a new dad, you need a new mom and all that. Love them, pray for them. Call them by name, mom, dad. See them on Thanksgiving. Don't bring up all the hot topics. That's just not fun. Love them, be patient, kind. You don't live there anymore, it's okay. But listen, I sense you need a new leader. A new model, if you will. And we tend to place on God what, what our parents were, and so we don't sometimes think we can go here because we view God the way we viewed our father. And so if our father, the generational patterns that we see being handed down are like militant, militant ways, we tend to put that on God, and so sometimes we don't go here and look to him to be our new leader. But here's, here's, here's something I want to share. Here's a different thought for you. It's time for you to get to know God for yourself. It's time to learn of him. I heard a quote the other day, when you experience God for yourself, no one can change your mind about him. I have a feeling that if you'll take some time to get to know him for yourself and not place on him the negativity of your mother or the, the anger of your father, but you'll just let him be him, I think you'll find out that he absolutely loves you and is ready to lead you. God sees the patterns and is the very one nudging you to do it differently. Listen to this. So, Father, Heavenly Father, we call him. You've also heard him called Abba. Well, if you translate that into the Aramaic Hebrew word, you come up to a word that equals Daddy or Dada. And when I heard that, and I learned that, you know what I realized is like, Dada, or Dada. I see a baby recognizing this is the role you played in my life. I know you, I'm learning you, and your name is Dada. And you have this place with me. to let God da -da, take that place in your life and that you would learn of him and give him that role 
Let him in to be your mediator. What if you began patterns that looked more like Jesus than the generational chains? What if you just spent some time with God and you just call him yourself and your future family would be so thankful. That instead of sharing the chains of your generations, that you decided it stops with me. The ball stops here. That you decided to draw a line in the sand and love them and care for them, but to turn your eyes to a new leader, to give your heavenly father, the place of Dada in your life, learning of him and letting him mark out for you a new pattern. A way to decide things, a way to respond to things instead of just reacting to everything, responding, taking a second to consider how Dada, Dada would have me respond. Yeah, it's going to be hard, you know. Yeah, you've created a nature that's just repeating history. And it's just become so natural. Absolutely, it's going to be difficult. So therefore, you need to nurture a new nature. And it's not easy. Nurturing takes intentionality. It takes time. It takes complete focus. But where you place your eyes, you will go. Where you place your mind, you will go. Set your mind on him. Your data. It's time to say, no more. Or church, no mas. To these toxic, Patterns in your family's history. No more. It stops with me. This is personal. I see my children, my boys, breaking chains. Chains that their father displayed, chains their mother displayed.
So what do you typically surround yourself with? People that misdirect you? Lies in your head that you aren't good enough or just need to try harder or measure up? You constantly feel surrounded by ways to escape or feel better? You feel like you're surrounded by an external chaos that mirrors the internal chaos? You know, we tend to surround ourselves with others or things that reflect our inner self. So it's time to take note of what you're surrounded with. What surrounds you? you to hear something. You choose some of those things that you just said to me and that some of you just thought. But here's what I want you to know. You are surrounded by the one who put the stars in place and that speaks to the wind and the waves. No, no, no. He doesn't just surround you. He wants to take residence in you. That internal chaos, he wants to bring calm. How chaotic do you think it was that night on the boat when the winds and the waves were crashing over? They literally said, we're going to die. And then they wake Jesus up and he's like, oh, is there something going on? And he speaks to the chaos out here. But really what we see in that story is there was some real chaos going on in here too, wasn't there? There was a real fear. Maybe rational, but a lot of fear. He wants to take residence in you. But here's what's beautiful. He's right here, right now. He doesn't even like french fries. But he is right here, right now. Surrounding us. Surrounding me. Surrounding you. But he wants to take residence in you. First John 4, when it tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, if you have Jesus in you, listen to me. All that chaos you're surrounding, all those lies that are coming out of you, all these things that misdirect you, greater is he. Say it. Greater is he. Say it again. Greater is he. Write it down. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And the things that you surround yourself with and the things that swirl around you cannot compare to who he is and what he has for you. Greater is he. I know. I know. The enemy's going to surround you with tempting thoughts and opportunities. But listen to me right now. Temptation is a crossroads. It is not a destination. Yes, it does. It does. We all have them. It's okay. We all have them. 
crossroads. It is not a destination. And you have a choice, my friend. And so at those crossroads, you have to remember your best decision, your best freedom, your new patterns, your already established approval, your deepest need has a name. And his name is Jesus. It's going to be hard. Substance isn't easy to set down. I know. It's going to be hard not to perform. It's all you know. I know. I, I know. I know. It's going to be hard not to just do what you've always seen. I know. I know it is. I know it's going to be hard. But how? How do you literally not give in when things are such a battle like all day, every day? Well, the first thing you know is the reason it's all-day, everyday battles because it's all-day, everyday now. And so you need to take inventory of how things got to this place, this all-day, everyday habit, this all-day, everyday living. You need to get honest with yourself and say that you need help. He endured the cross. 
make it through this hard moment. I can endure this Johnson moment. I can endure this hardship. I can say no to the normals of generational curses because this is who lives inside of me. This power. The power to overcome the cross and defeat the grave, friends. This is how I fight my battles. And I'm going to tell you this right now. When your friends tell you that it's weak to need Jesus, will you uh, tell me how strong relying on substances? Tell me how strong it is to rely on your finances. Tell me that you only have peace when things are going well. So what happens when they're not? What happens when the money runs out? What happens when you can't find the next high? This is eternal. It never leaves. The story never changes here. The story never changes here. The cross is still empty and so is the grave. So he didn't just endure the cross. He defeated death, my friends. So how are you going to overcome that substance addiction? This is how. How are you going to overcome the temptation to get other people's approval? This is how. Already. How are you going to overcome those patterns that seem to just rise up in you so naturally, even the way you stand? This is how. Because we both know that it's standing isn't the problem. It's the chains that bound your parents and their parents. They're not going to bind you. And this is how. This is how I fight my battles. And when every temptation is pressing in, from every side, I want you to take a look at the options that you have. And I want you to remember, this is always your best guess. Always. And when we choose to honor the work on the cross with our lives, truth is, I posted the other day, I think, sometimes our circles get smaller. Some people don't go with us. Some people don't like the choice we made on the crossroads of temptation. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm never going to regret fighting my battles with the cross in mind. I'm never going to regret it. And I might lose a friend. And I might lose some earthly battles along the way. But this has victory written all over it. In Christ, you have every strength you need to overcome the very things that we're talking about today. In Christ, you have everything you need to overcome. And if you need to remember, no more. He already said it. It's finished. It is finished. Jesus defeated the grave. He said no more to the power of sin and the strongholds and the chains. And he is looking at you and saying, let's have some victory. 
let's stand on the side of victory together. When it gets hard, remember me. And listen to me. I'm inside of you. I've taken residence inside of you. And if you need some strength, I've got it. You need some power? I've got it. That's my name. You need some peace? That's my name. Need some patience? Full of it. Gentleness? Have you seen my eyes? His name is Jesus. He has everything you need to overcome the very things that we're addressing tonight and things that I didn't even mention. The very thing that you would write on the paper if you had to fill in the blank, that it is time to draw the line and say the buck stops here. It is finished. No more. Jesus is his name. Your victory begins in him. And if you have Jesus in your life, let me tell you something, it is time to start living in victory. Victory over these patterns, victory over these decisions, and start living like you have victory because you do. Victory has a name. His name is Jesus, and if he has taken residence in you, victory is yours. It's in you. You don't have to be like, okay, I'm working towards it. No, it's there. Live in it. Everything you need is in him, and he is in you. That means you have everything you need already. Say it, already. You have everything you need already. So stop getting into the weaknesses of substance and self-reliance and all these things that we think are where our power comes from, other people's approval. All these things that we think are power lies and these things, stop it. They're lying to you and it's weak. This is strong. His name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth and the life. And tonight, if you don't know him, you can. Here in just a few minutes, I'm going to step down these steps. I'm going to go right from there. I'm going to stand by my husband during response. And if you want to pray, and you want to invite that resurrection power into your life, this is what the Bible says. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, ye shall be saved. I don't care how good you are. Jesus made it clear. Nicodemus, ye shall be saved. Tonight is the night to receive a victory in your life like you have never known. That no more is not possible on your own because your own strength runs out. I want the strength that endured the cross and overcame the grave in me to overcome the next thing and the next thing and the next thing because I don't stand up here guys because I was raised so perfectly although I kind of was they were pretty perfect but here's the thing I don't stand up here because I was raised so perfectly because I made so many choices but here's the deal I stand up here because there's a redeemer who saw me in my sin I'm not going to tell the whole story but found me in my bathroom, a sinner, an addict, pregnant, and in a really difficult marriage. And he got my attention. And you know, he said a couple things to me. But one of the things he said to me is, I said, why are you talking to me? We don't fit. 
said this to me. He said, I know it all, and I love you full. I questioned that. Because that can't be true. You're God, and I've done all this. I know it all, and I love you full. Listen to me. Nothing in you is hidden. But nothing in you changes how he feels about you. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He knows it all and he loves you full. If you would like to step in and receive that love tonight, I would love to pray with you. So with my husband. Receive it. Just a few minutes, you're going to get a chance to calm and respond. Maybe something you've been asked tonight, or maybe something you visited in your own life tonight, or maybe something about the cross that just beckons you to come and kneel before the Father, thanking Him for who He's been and how He's helped you, and asking Him for His help ongoing. Do it. We provided communion elements. In each slot, there are two cups stacked on top of each other. The bottom cup holds a wafer. It represents the body of Christ broken for you. It is finished. The body that he broke and the blood that he spilled out in the juice to say, no more. Sin cannot hold you anymore. I'm going to give it all once and for all. I'm the final sacrifice for your sin. You believe in me? We got this. That communion is simply an opportunity to remember him and say, thank you, Jesus. And so you grab the elements, you grab one set out of the slot, you can take it back to your seat, you can take it to the front row, you can kneel right here and thank him. On the bottom is the wafer, on the top is the juice, there's trash cans you can throw away the elements after. Or maybe you want to light a candle, what's that for? Well, Jesus is the way to truth and the life, and he's also the light of the world. That darkness you're in, he wants to turn the lights on. And he's the light of the world. That situation you're in, he wants to be invited in. He wants to shine light in that darkness, those dark places. If you know you're praying for, for a need in your own soul, for the darkness to be driven out, you light a candle for you. If you know you're praying for the light of Jesus to come into someone else's life, you light a candle for them. If you have a situation in your life that is so dark, that needs Jesus so bad, you light a candle for that. Light as many as you need. I light four every week. And like I said, if you want to just kneel, do it. But if you want to step into the truth, and you want to begin a life of victory tonight for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a long time, let's pray and let's talk. But I want you to hear me, church. You're not looking at a bad preacher here. I got battles. I've had a lot of stuff, but I got battles too. And this is how I fight my battles. Today I told my husband, I'd like to find an airbrush tattoo. Not a real one. Not trying to do that right now. An airbrush type. And I kind of just want to put the cross that looks like that right here. You know, I do a lot of work. I hold a lot of things in the palms of my hand. A lot of people. A lot of situations. And a lot of times when I'm praying, I'll look at my hands and I will see them full of burdens or full of needs. 
And then I just offer them to the Lord, and then I look at them and I ask him to fill them with himself. But I do a lot of times, do a lot of time looking at my hands. And I do a lot of things with my hands. I serve my family, and I serve you guys, and I, there's a lot going on in these hands, and they're not very big. But I just think I would really love the reminder that these battles that I hold, this is how I fight them. This is how I fight my battles. Church, we need reminders that he endured the cross and overcame the grave. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the very strength that we need to get through some of these days is already there. This is how I fight my battles. And he surrounds me with power and love and peace and confidence and security and freedom. And he comforts me and he cares for me. And he convicts me because he doesn't want to leave me in my flesh all the time. You remember God's love doesn't give up on us. It doesn't give out on us. But it also doesn't give in to us. And so he pulls me up out of the trenches. And he sets my feet on a rock. And that rock's name? Jesus. There's no God like our God. This is how I fight my battles. I'll post a picture of the cross if I get it. Church, you have them too. Battle on battle on battle on battle on battle. This is how we fight it sometimes though, isn't it? We try to grip it, fix it, and control it and make it. We're trying to fight the wrong things. But I just want the reminder everything I need is already in here in the form of my Savior. This is how I fight my battles. I know it's not going to be easy. And it's not always going to make sense. But he's got you. You got this. Can I pray for you before we go? Okay. Hold my hand. Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Where would we be without your love? And without your grace?
that if we would seek you with all of our hearts, that we would find you. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. Help us to turn our eyes towards you. Help our focus to be in seeking you, not others' approval. Help us, Lord, to remember that we are already loved and already chosen and already wanted. Already. Thank you, Lord, for that truth. God, for these earthly, carnal substances that seem to wrap their fingers on us. God, we pray that you would help us break the chains that bind in those things, Lord. These lies that bind us, Lord. Help us to find our freedom and our confidence in you and our strength. And give us the very guts to break those chains. And Lord, the patterns in our lives that keep showing up generation after generation that are simply there to hand down chains. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that those strongholds would have no power anymore and that it stops here in this generation. And God, that you would be their very present help in time of need. They would turn their minds and their hearts towards you, calling you their data, their new, their new leader, their new data. Like a child learning, studying their new father. God, we know that you love us and you want to lead us and you're ready. We open our eyes, we open our minds, and we open our lives to you. Help us to overcome. Thank you for the victory that you've already won for us on our behalf before you even knew me. Thank you that you had victory in mind for me. I choose you. I believe in you. And I stand in awe of the fact that you have endured the cross and overcome the grave. Help me to do the same with my issues, my strongholds, my chains. I know that I have everything I need in you and that you are in me. And so you've got me. Therefore, I've got this. Thank you, Lord. We love you. And we praise you that we're not alone in it all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As the worship team comes forward and we prepare.